body Welcome to the IDP show. I'm your host, Josh Schramer, and I am joined in the virtual Soj Shack tonight from the great north beyond the wall in the country that is Canada. It is PFF's John Macri. John, how you doing, buddy? I am doing well. I am happy to be back on the IDP show, uh, freezing my ass off here in Canada. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad. We, I'm used to it by this point in my life, uh, 30-something years. I don't even know anymore. Um, but it's good. Everything's good. You don't know your own age or you don't know, like, the depths of the cold that you've had to endure? Um, my age. Yeah. I, I know, I definitely know the, the cold it's, uh, I, I remember it every day of every year, even in the summer, I remember the pain that, that is the Canadian winters. Um, but yeah, my age is, it's, it's gone at this point. I don't know. It's, it's 30 something. I'll tell you that 30 much. something. Yeah. You, yeah. you begin to understand the things that your parents did that you never <laughs> understood as you get older, like calling you and your sibling the, by the wrong names. Yep. Oh, gosh, I call my son my dog's name and vice versa. Uh, I don't know. I really have to think about my own age now uh, from time to time. I know it's somewhere like in the mid-30s, mm-hmm. but I have to sit down and be like, all right, 87, it's 2021. I think that's 34. Okay. Uh, and I, I really have to like calibrate it, and it's like a math equation. And sometimes I'm just like, ah, I don't know. I'll just guess. It's not really yeah. worth it to work out this equation right now. So <laughs> I understand well, it, the- mom and dad. I understand why you had to take like 10 seconds to answer your age when I was younger. I get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It definitely becomes less important, and uh, it, it, yeah, it doesn't even matter. Birthdays are basically nothing at this point. Just, it, we're just we're just here for the kids, basically make sure that they're okay (laughs) we're just the detroit lions we're just playing out the string yeah the season ticket holders uh just trying to get to the off season which is the sweet embrace of death exactly yeah (laughs) (laughs) what a start to an episode can you tell can you tell it's the end of a long nfl season john yeah when when yeah when you're talking about the sweet embrace of death uh it it can be a grind the nfl season there's no doubt about that uh i mean you guys know the amount of content that you do and uh just yeah every week it's it's uh it's a lot it's (laughs) it's fun but at the same time by the the end of the season it is uh it wears on you that's for sure i always try to remind myself um when the season is starting and I'm watching like a, a week four preseason game, like a, like a crack addict who needs a hit. Right. I always try to remind myself in this week, like, remember, remember how you were back in August when you would have killed to watch a Colts game on your phone, you know, instead of doing work. And now you're like, um, nah, primetime games. Uh, I don't think so. I think I'm going to skip that. Yeah, I tried to remind myself of that in, uh, I guess it was the week 13 Monday night game, the Patriots and the Bills, where I was cursing the game. It was so bad. It was just because the Patriots, all they did was run the ball and knew, um, Buffalo couldn't stop them. So it was just frustrating to watch, but I was I trying to remember like, okay, this is, we're nearing the end of the season. We're not going to get football for nine months, whatever it is after this. Um, so I, I stuck through it and, and watched it, but it, it was painful. Yeah, it's uh it's it's one of those things where of all seasons we have to add an extra week to this thing now. Right. You know, and that's the real kick in the nuts is like if you felt burnt out before, baby, just wait. Wait until oh. week 17 and you're like, "Wait, this thing's not over? We've got one more week after this?" Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's, it's madness. I know. It's and madness. then they're talking about adding another week at, at some oh, point in a couple of years too. Like yeah. Just, even more a, crazy. Yeah. It's insane. I, I <laughs> whatever. I, I mean, I, I get paid to watch it, but it's still, we're, I've been used to a 17 week season. So by week 17, it's like this big relief, like the, the Sunday slates aren't as painful, but uh, yeah, it's not gonna be uh, it's not gonna be the case this year. One more week of uh, two a.m. Sunday morning type situation. So there you go. Just wait till fun. it's it's twenty twenty eight. You're you know forty plus at that point, <laughs> and there's twenty four weeks in the regular season. There's twelve playoff teams, oh and God. the season ends two weeks before the draft starts. Right. <laughs> They've added eight expansion teams. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're in Germany and Mexico City and London yeah. and everywhere else. Yeah, that's yeah. that's coming, John. That's coming. Uh, but in this time of year, if you can't sense it, this is the kind of time of year where we start to feel a little less grateful for this great game that we get to watch <laughs> every week. And so what we wanted to do, John, this week in particular, as the fantasy season, the regular season at least, has come to an end, playoffs are about to start, we want to pause, we want to take a breath, and we want to look back on some of the IDPs that made this season memorable and helped get us to this point where we're now able to compete for a fantasy football championship. So we are doing our inaugural IDP MVP episode. And not only are we going to have the takes from the big three, Adam and Bobby, I'll talk about where they are here in just a sec, but we had to put out the Avengers Assemble call and pull together a superstar lineup of IDP analysts to help us answer the question, who's the IDP MVP? So throughout this episode, you're going to hear takes from 11 other analysts across this space in which Addy is a tremendous presence. <laughs> and you will get their take on who the MVP is. And John, what I love about the MVP discussion is that this term, MVP, it's a little bit nebulous. And I think you're going to see that even represented here in the 11 players that were picked for this award. Some guys went with the best player at their position, the most productive player. That's understandable. Mm -hmm. Some guys define value as biggest return on investment. So I didn't pay anything for them, and they've performed like a top three or four guy at their position. It's been really fun to watch this because you can take it in so many different directions. Yeah, it's a it's a really good idea. I like it a lot. And yeah, it, MVP means something different to, to everybody, right? It's, I mean, a lot of people aren't going to pick an MVP that they probably didn't have on their rosters uh, during the season either. So um, it, it's definitely got to mean something to you. These, these players had to have contributed to a successful season for you. And um, yeah, I think that's, uh, I, I, I do like that. It's uh, it does mean something different for, for everybody. Yeah. So we're going to hear everyone's takes. Um, and if you all haven't heard the reason that uh, we, have John pinch hitting tonight, which we so much appreciate. Last minute uh, call to the bullpen here is many of you have reached out and we are tremendously thankful. Uh, if you haven't seen or heard tornadoes ripped through a lot of the southern and midwestern states over the weekend, including Kentucky and um, Kentucky especially was really ravaged by these tornadoes. And uh, this weekend and into this week, uh, we've had a lot of. Uh, 
kind of stuff going on behind the scenes as we try to help those affected by the storm. So Bobby, being in insurance, as you can imagine, when we have the worst natural disaster in the history of Warren County, which is where Bowling Green is, he is going to be tied up uh, pretty much through, I would say, the end of January, dealing with the damage and the fallout from these storms. He let us know he has a meeting tonight, a meeting tomorrow, probably several other late meetings the rest of this week to get their bearings with all of their uh, insured. And then Addy, God love him. This this brought a tear to my eye because it's just the type of dude he is, was out volunteering all day today in various parts of Bowling Green. So he said uh, about 6 o'clock, he's like, dude, I am wiped out. Uh, I, I helped out a little bit on Saturday. I can attest to that feeling when you're moving, you know, uh, tree branches and debris and just in that kind of mode all day, you do come home absolutely wiped out. So we still wanted to do this episode, but also give those guys the space and the rest that they deserve. So Bobby, Addy, very proud of you fellas. And again, thanks to everyone who has reached out over uh, the past few days to check on us. We are uh, thankfully we're spared any damage. Uh, everyone in our family is fine. Uh, but there are a lot of people in Bowling Green, s- several of our friends included, who um, had either extensive extensive damage to their homes or potentially lost their homes altogether. So it's a tough time. Right before Christmas, you know, it's it's a lot of people still without power. We're going into the cold season. The temperatures are dropping down into the 20s uh, overnight. And so it's just a really tough time for this to happen. It's never a good time for it to happen, but happening right before Christmas is especially devastating. So thanks to everyone who has reached out. If you would like to donate, I'm going to tweet out a link after this episode. Uh, Governor Bashir, our governor, has set up a donation page that funnels 100% of the donations to support for tornado recovery and cleanup efforts. So if you would like to donate, I will tweet that link out. And again, we appreciate everyone who has reached out. We're all good. We're heartbroken and we're doing what we can to support Bowling Green and the Warren County community. So if you're wondering where Bobby and Addie are tonight, that's what's going on. But John, you know, in times of, you know, sort of tragedy and heartache and these awful things that are happening I know Bobby and Adam feel the same way. We always try to bring a little levity and fun into the equation just to help take people's minds off of things, even if it's just for, you know, 90 minutes or a couple hours. Yeah, absolutely. I think you'd need that. I mean, it's easy to get sucked into the the kind of the negativity and, and the sadness of it all. And it, it definitely is. And it, it deserves, you know, the attention that it's getting. But you still want to have that, like you said, like that levity uh, in your life to, to make sure that you have that balance as well. And and yeah, shout out to Adam and Bobby and, and yourself for for helping out and, and, and dealing with all that because yeah, I can't imagine and and I, I think it, you know, it, it takes an emotional toll too, like volunteering, like with what Adam's doing today and, and, and Bobby and, and you guys. So, um, yeah, I, I understand the break for sure. Um, that the needed break. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to help in, in any way I can. And, uh, yeah, excited to, to talk IDP still. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a nice, um, distraction. It's a nice way to kind of unplug because you're right. You know, just, Emotionally speaking, and I, I haven't, it's been a long time since our county got hit with something this bad. Um, 
in 98, we'd had the really bad hailstorm that did probably more widespread damage in Bowling Green, but the tornadoes, of course, where they hit, the damage was much more extreme. So seeing that, it does take an emotional toll on you. So, um, you know, we're... We're thankful that uh, and proud of everyone in Bowling Green that has stepped up. I was telling uh, someone at my work today, like, I'm just so damn proud of everyone in this town and in this state. Like, we set up different schools for donation drop-offs here in town. And before Saturday was even over, both schools were filled. They said, please send the donations somewhere else. Like, we have nowhere else to put these donations. And today I saw that the police department here was turning away volunteers because they had too many. I mean, that's just the type of place that Bowling Green is. So we're incredibly proud and, um, you know, we're going to try to do our part to help out. And, uh, but tonight we are going to talk IDP as John said, especially with the playoffs coming up. We did not want to leave y'all hanging. So what we're going to do here, we're going to hit the news. We're going to hit some injuries and then we're going to take a break to hear from Manscaped. And then on the other side of the break, we're going to hear some MVP choices. And make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter over at the IDPshow.com. We will have a companion blog post going out along with this episode in the morning. So, John, let's jump into the news here. And I don't yeah. know that we could start anywhere <laughs> else <laughs> but with the outrageous COVID news. That's insane. Yeah. It's insane. This is <laughs> truly unprecedented. Even last year, I don't feel like we had this sort of surge. I think I actually saw where at no point last season did we have this kind of outbreak mm-hmm. across this many teams. So according to Adam Schefter, 75 positive COVID tests in the past two days. And of course, everyone that tests positive goes on the COVID list. And depending on your vaccination status, it de- determines, and the negative test, it determines how quickly you get to come off that list. So Aaron pulled a couple of notable defensive guys here, and there are some big-time names on this list here, John. We've got uh, defensive tackle Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Camus Grugier-Hill of the Houston Texans, Jalen Ramsey uh, of the Rams. I just now realized he's Ramsey and Rams. That's pretty cool. Uh, so the things you realize going into week 15 of the NFL season, uh, Javon Holland of the Miami Dolphins, Jonathan Allen of the Washington football team, and also Kendall Fuller of the Washington football team. John, it's going to be a free for all this weekend as we start the, uh, fantasy football playoffs. Definitely. This is, uh, yeah, it's a mess. And the 75 positive COVID tests were, and that was just the players, right? Like I'm sure there's staffers and coaches and stuff like that too, uh, to add on to there. But yeah, Chris Jones is, that's a big one. I mean, he's, he's still one of the top defensive tackle options. I know Adam has him, uh, going into the playoffs (laughs) in our league this, this week. So they're playing on a short week, right? So Kansas city chargers are Thursday night game. Uh, so Chris Jones is out. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be a turnaround to put him back in the game. So uh, I know I got a few rosters now that are in the playoffs that have to find help for, for Chris Jones. Um, yeah, defensive tackles, it's, it's a thin position already. So to lose a top option like that, uh, is a real, uh, kick to the nads. Um, Camu Grugier Hill, another one, like he just survived, a what a lot of people were worried that was going to be a serious injury this past week. Uh, when he left the game, it didn't come back. And 
then the reports were pretty positive. There was, it was sounding like he was going to play, but now he's on the COVID list. Uh, yeah, Javon Holland coming out of the bye. Jalen Ramsey obviously didn't play last night. Um, and Jonathan Allen's another one at defensive tackle that we lost, another top option. So, um, And then Kendall Fuller, yeah, one of the top corner options too. I'm sure Johnny's upset about that one because I know he's got quite a few Kendall Fuller shares uh, as well. So, yeah, some big names on the IDP side. And then, I mean, I'm sure there's still going to be more we got on the offensive side. I know OBJ was on the list today as well, and he's been playing better. So that's a that's a loss too. But um yeah, they we're gonna be everybody's gonna be scrambling. Um, we were kind of talking about this in our group chat earlier, and Johnny mentioned like you know you're gonna have to pay attention every hour of every day leading up till kickoff, right? Because anything anybody can be ruled out at any point, so you need to be ready to find a replacement, add guys to your watch list uh, on the waiver wire, so you know who you're grabbing and you could grab them quickly. Um, because yeah, otherwise you're gonna be screwed um, in the playoffs, leaving somebody that's inactive in in your lineup. Yeah, that was uh, Tyler Higby and Jalen Ramsey right before right. Monday Night Football, right? Got scratched yep. for COVID reasons. Um, and I loved this freezing cold take that I think, who was it that sent this? Uh, Mike sent this in our group chat, said, <laughs> I don't think COVID can get to me. I don't think it's going to enter this body. I don't want no parts of it. It don't want no parts of me. It's a mutual respect. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, Famous last words. Famous so. <laughs> last words. That's the uh, COVID equivalent of hold my beer. Yeah. Uh, so in all seriousness, we hope that everyone comes out of this. Okay. We've heard guys like miles Garrett talk about how serious this can be. So hopefully all 75 of these guys that tested positive don't show symptoms, don't have long, you know, lasting effects. But like Johnny said, you're going to have to plug in, like clear your schedule, not only on Sunday and Thursday, but Saturday. Cause we have Saturday games this That's week. Right. Why not? Let's just throw another great curveball into the start of the fantasy football playoffs by having Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday games this season. So, or this week. So pay attention. Have alert set. I would if if ever there was a week to use Addy's pro tip of getting the Twitter notifications on your phone from like Schefter and Rappaport and those type of guys, it's this week because they'll let you know. First, if there's any kind of big name player that hits the COVID list uh, as a late addition. So keep your head on a swivel out there, folks. But uh, John, this will be a good piece of news, especially for those of us lucky enough to play on the reality sports online platform. The NFL announced today, actually they announced it a while back and they confirmed it with clubs today that the 2022 salary cap is going to increase from 182.5 million, which it is this year, to 208.2 million for 2022. So that's a pretty significant jump there. Yeah, that is nice. I mean, especially after experiencing the the struggle that was this year and trying to get players uh, and rosters under the cap with that the decrease in salary cap when everybody's used to it going up every year. Um, yeah, trying to make trades under that salary cap and everything, really pinching pennies. Uh, and uh, it, it's uh, it's a definitely going to be a little bit more relaxed next year. I'm sure we'll start seeing some wild contracts. Um, but Pinching. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about pinching pennies. Do you think that'll still be a saying in like ten years? <laughs> I, I don't think. There's a lot of things that I don't think my son will ever know. Like, right. think about this one. Like, roll down the window. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, that, yeah. we haven't had a car where you roll down the window, and I mean, thirty years probably. So, 
Um, that's a, that'll be a thing of the past. Uh, but yeah, pinching pennies, he won't know anything but like paying with his phone or, or paying with the chip that's going to be inserted into his eyeball probably. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he won't know like what a dial up sound is probably. Right. I mean, there's probably kids right now who are 13 years old that don't know what a dial-up sound is. So, yeah. uh, again, things that I appreciate that my parents were weird about, uh, I now I now get it. Nostalgia for things that your children will never know. I, I understand that now. Oh yeah, and I, I think I was just thinking of another one. So I have like a DVD collection, and and my son comes down. He's only two, um, and he'll pull like a DVD off the shelf, and he keeps thinking they're books. Um, he doesn't understand that you take this disc and you have to like, it's, it's impossible to explain to a two-year-old who's just used to, you use the remote and there's your show. Um, so yeah, even DVDs, uh, which were, which didn't seem like they were ever going to go out of style, um, quickly died and, uh, now everything's streaming. So, um, there's another one. Yeah. It's like, you don't understand Paxton back in the day, we used to have to go to a store and get a VHS tape and you had to right. have a VCR and you had to hope the guy that had this VHS tape before you actually rewound it. So you don't have to rewind it. And yeah, uh, yeah, man, it's just like, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of things that I think we're better off for, but um, it is funny to think about. Yeah. Like what do kids think about DVDs? You know, what do they think about not being able to just push a button and their show comes on, like having to load something into a disc tray and navigate through the menus and all that and watch the previews. Like that's just right. That is truly a relic of a bygone era. Yeah. Quickly too. Yeah, exactly. So Yes, RSO managers rejoice the cap. You will be getting some much-needed relief coming in 2022. But along with the COVID news, John, we also wanted to hit some injuries. Uh, This is something that uh, we want to monitor. A lot of these guys, by the time you listen to this later in the week, their status may have changed. Just make sure that you're checking on them because a lot of these guys are contributors uh, for your IDP lineup. So let's start with Eric Harris. He is out for the season with a torn peck. So, John, mm-hmm. do you think this might be Richie Grant playoff season? He was ruled out for last week's game, but got in a limited practice on Thursday and Friday before being made inactive. So he could be close to returning. What do we think about Richie Grant season? Yeah, it's interesting because... The Falcons, and I'll have to go back and check this, but from what I remember, the Falcons were leaning more on Jalen Hawkins um, to fill in more of the safety role if Eric Harris or Deron Harmon uh, missed any time. And they were using Richie Grant uh, more in the slot um, to play a little bit more slot corner. He played a little bit of safety as well, but they seemed to have kind of this pecking order over there where it was Jalen Hawkins first up, which I mean, okay, I I don't think the Falcons are still in the playoff hunt, are they? I can't. They remember. actually are. They are, are in the they? mix okay. for that seven seed in the NFC. Yeah. God. Okay. So <laughs> I know, um, right? So yeah, that's they're... disgusting. Yeah. I mean, they don't feel like they're in a playoff spot. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, it would be nice for them to give uh, these young guys a shot. And I mean, Jalen Hawkins is fairly young. I guess he he was. Uh, I think only a rookie last year. Um, I could be wrong. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I, I want to see it first um, before trusting it. Like if Richie Grant is active for this week, um, I, Jalen Hawkins did come in and play uh, as a starter this in week 14. So for week 15, uh, if we see more of that, it, it's probably pretty safe to assume that they're not going to uh, give Richie Grant any starting snaps for the rest of this year. Um, 
as much as I'd like to see it, because I do think he has potential. I think he could be one of the uh, good IDP safeties, even though the the Falcons' defensive system right now isn't ideal for um, for our IDP safeties. Yeah, that's that's been my biggest takeaway from this year is fade the hell out of rookies in IDP. Mm-hmm. Because you come off the high of the draft and all the training camp reports because you're coming off the high of the draft is filtered through this prism of like, what are the rookies doing? What are the rookies doing? Right. And then so you your expectations and I was guilty of this uh, as much as, you know, the next guy was hyping these dudes up and especially these linebackers. I was listening to Robert Mays and Nate Tice today talk about the hardest positions to transition from the college to the mm-hmm. pros and he talked about, surprisingly, he said, the one that you might not think about is inside linebacker. He said, you think about someone as gifted and talented as Micah Parsons. He was catching a lot of heat early in the season because it looked like his head was swimming on some of these coverages that he had because there's just so many moving pieces as an inside linebacker that you're responsible for. So that's been my big takeaway. Jamin Davis flag plant, probably not going to go down that road again next season with another rookie linebacker. Going to probably pick some of these old gross ass veterans to plant my flag on. And, uh, you know, at least if I get it wrong, I'm going with a little bit of precedent on my side, but sure. uh, yeah, it's rookie line, rookie linebackers, rookie safeties. We want the best for them, but realistically, as you mentioned, John, it's best just to, uh, to fade them to start the season at least. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen every year as much as we, you know, we try to learn from it or whatever. There's always going to be a few guys that slip through um, that we're we're excited for. I'm sure it's going to happen again uh, this season. You know, they got guys like Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau and and Kyle Hamilton, um, even some of the linebackers, the Devin Lloyds, uh, guys like that, that that are coming out that I'm sure positive landing spot is going to create a lot of uh, excitement around and then just confusion when they're not playing. So it, uh, it happens every year. This is a, this is a normal thing, but yeah, like you said, I think, you know, if we, if we start to tune ourselves a little bit better and, um, and remember that, you know, there's a lot of precedence for rookies not getting that playing time right away. Um, so uh, it, it, it does make uh, it, it is important to just kind of keep in mind and, and temper expectations just a bit. Just pour cold water down our back every yeah. August when we're making these <laughs> bold prediction shows, right? Just uh, just, just simmer down. It's going to happen in Dynasty Leagues. We want it to happen right away because we're impatient, because we spent a lot to acquire these rookie draft picks. But uh, just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. Pump the brakes. So Dante Fowler is also day-to-day with a calf injury. Nobody cares because Dante Fowler is trash but we wanted to mention him here. Two big injuries, John, that mm-hmm. we need to pay attention to. Roquan Smith re-injured his hamstring on Sunday versus the Packers. He is currently day-to-day. And then Trey Hendrickson left early due to back spasms not seen as serious and is expected to play this coming week. John, we don't with all the COVID stuff, with all the weird scheduling stuff going on, we don't need guys like Roquan Smith and Trey Hendrickson on the shelf for week one of the playoffs. No, definitely not. And um, I think we talked about this on on the big nickel a little bit because Roquan was dealing with uh, some injuries as well um, during when we were recording that episode. He ended up being active, but yeah, you don't you don't love the the um, 
like the step down from Roquan to to Alec Ogletree, if if Roquan isn't able to go, it's not the same level of <laughs> of player. Obviously, as much as we we like to talk about how like linebackers for IDP are replaceable, there are the select few where their replacements are significantly worse, and and Ogletree wouldn't really fill that uh, hole as much as uh, what we would get from Roquan. So it's it's bad timing for sure there. Yeah, not every situation is analogous to Anthony right. Walker stepping in for Darius Leonard. Exactly. Yeah, good point. Um, and then, yeah, Trey Hendrickson's been awesome this year. Um, th- this is a bummer. I'm, I'm glad it's not serious, though, because, yeah, he's been so good. And that's another position, like defensive end. You lose one of these star guys at this point in the season. Uh, odds are he's been starting for you uh, every week this season. This season, And to try and find somebody off the waiver wire or have to plug in one of your backups, there's not a ton of depth at that position. So you're, you're taking a big downgrade there. Yeah, let's talk about the next guy on this list, John. And I'm going to let you take this one because the most scathing insult I've ever heard <laughs> lobbied against an NFL player came at your hands against this Detroit Lions linebacker. Who are we talking about here? Yeah, we're talking about uh, Alex Anzalone, uh, the, <laughs> the Fabio-haired god himself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's the god he, of something, all right, not being oh, good yeah. at football, I think. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one. He's the god of dog shit linebackers. Um, <laughs> he, he, yeah, he's awful. But for whatever reason, the Detroit Lions um, have stuck with him uh, every single game this season, despite their season being over pretty early on. Uh, he didn't miss a snap, essentially, for, for almost the entire year up until now. So um, it was looking like he was going to be the guy to trust uh, going into the playoffs. And we, again, another thing we talked about in the Big Nickel episode, I, I talked about him saying that, you know, you could probably rely on him in, in those deeper linebacker leagues because he's playing every down. And, and there was a lot of um, linebackers with uh, with uncertainties behind them. So he would have been a good option. But it doesn't seem to be the case now. They're going with uh, Josh Woods um, and Derek Barnes, the rookie. So a lot of people wanted to see Derek Barnes uh, get some more playing time, but it looks like he's just kind of stepping into that second linebacker role that uh, Jalen Reeves Mabin was in earlier and that Josh Woods was in the week before with Anzalone, and now uh, Barnes is in that that second linebacker role. So taking a shot on uh, someone like Josh Woods might not be the worst thing either. Yeah, I saw IDP tipster uh, Gary talking about Josh Woods. Uh, so that is a name to pay attention to. Unfortunately, even though a lot of the teams that make it into the playoffs don't have these kind of glaring roster needs where they're having mm-hmm. to like, you know, uh, just quickly plug holes left and right in their roster. It's still good to pay attention to, and you need to pay attention to it because you may want to play keep away from your opponent. If they, for instance, have a linebacker need, if, you know, say Roquan Smith is uh, out for this weekend's games. Maybe you do pluck some of these Lions guys off of the waiver wire so your opponent can't put them in. So important to play keep away just as much as it is to manage your own roster. Uh, but yeah, any- and, and too with all the COVID inactives, right? Like we never know who's going to get hit at any point. So as, as solid as our rosters can be, injuries and, and COVID and, and things like that can hit at any point and take some of our starters away from us. So definitely important to still pay attention to the waiver wire um, as you go through the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. So 
We mentioned Camu Grugier-Hill uh, testing positive for COVID. He also was ruled out versus the Seahawks with a knee injury, the severity of which is unknown. We also should mention, and I'm just going to read this verbatim because I love this note from Aaron here. Justin Reed is in concussion protocol after getting stiff-armed so hard by Rashad Penny that his descendants will be born with a ringing in their ears. <laughs> So from across the pond to our ears, what an insult lobbied against Justin oh, Reed. Being, Justin Reed. Yeah, stiff-armed into like some sort of like, you know, curse that will affect his family for generations to come. <laughs> it's a vicious, yeah. vicious takedown. Yeah, he's and he's catching strays now from Aaron too. That you got I know, I know. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron's feeling himself. He's uh, as you'll hear on tonight's episode. Uh, he is he he. We've got him fired up like the the juices from the big three of just our swaggering idiotic bravado has started to seep out across the pond. So love it. That's a good thing. Uh, a couple more here, John, before we get into the MVPs. Leonard Williams was feared to have lost his season with an elbow injury, but ESPN's Jordan Ronin, Ranin, any idea there on the pronunciation, John? We're going to go with yes, Ronin. Sure. <laughs> Jordan R reports that the test yeah. came back better than expected, and there's optimism within the Giants organization. He'll play again this season. So not the biggest name for IDP, but someone worth paying attention to. And then finally, a guy whose name we will hear later on tonight, Aziz Alshir suffered an elbow sprain and is considered day-to-day after his MRI came back negative today for any significant damage. So any thoughts on Leonard Williams or Aziz Alshir, John? Yeah, Leonard Williams, I mean, he, depending on your scoring, is probably performing decently to the point where you're starting him. Um, you know, he's not the best option, like you said, but uh, as far as replacements, there, it's it's not a not a lot of great options on the Giants there for his position. Uh, Al Shaira is obviously a big one um, because he's been awesome this year. He's one of the best waiver wire pickups of the season for sure. Um, there, I mean, there is Dre Greenlaw if he's healthy uh, to, to come in. So that's one of those situations where we'd at least be getting somebody uh, decent in return. Um, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I think just the two, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I wanted to mention, you said he was the waiver wire pickup of the year. Our uh, Twitter followers thought the same. They voted Al Shear the number one pickup of the season above Grugier Hill, Greenard, and Javon, or I'm sorry, J. Ron Curse. So a lot of uh, people out there probably needing to monitor this uh, Al Shear situation closely. Nice. Yeah, those are some good options for sure. I know. Yeah, it's always, and it's, it's so funny, and I guess that's part of the thing, right, is these guys get put into this kind of discussion because it's the, it's the, um, the Star Lord Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy moment where it's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, when I look at some of these names, you know, we pride ourselves on knowing some of these rosters pretty well. But even you, then you look at that and you're like, I guess that's why these guys are great waiver pickups is because n- hardly anyone sees them coming. Yeah, they're they're not names that are usually on your radar in the off season, right? We all know the starters, but we got to familiar familiarize ourselves with the backups as well. Just the because injuries happen, they happen every single week to multiple players, and you need to know who these guys are to to replace them. And um, yeah, but I do like all those options because they're all like season long um, guys that have helped us all year, uh, pretty much. So that's those are some nice ones. I like Al I Yeah, it would have been between Al Shear and and Camagrugier Hill for me. I guess Al Shear was 
probably get a few more weeks in there uh, of usefulness. So that's that's a nice choice. Nice. All right. Well, let's take a break. And once we come back from hearing about our friends over at Manscaped, we are going to get into it. The choices for IDP MVP. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome to the IDP show. Whoa. Breaking down all that you need to know in this world of fantasy football. We're going to help you reach that glory. Running it back just like a pick six. All right, it is time to talk about our friends at Manscaped once again, folks. It's holiday season. Do you know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. That's a lot of men across this planet. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. I do like that math, Manscaped. That's pretty good. Now, the good news, folks, as you know, you can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code IDPSHOW. Ho, 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 fellas, naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. You know, if you listen to this pod, we're a big fan of Manscaped's performance boxer briefs. We're also, as Bobby mentioned, a fan of the groin razor. You can use it on your groin. You can use it on your face. If you want a close shave, it is the blade that you want. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. I have both of these devices, and I can testify they are excellent for the job you need them to do. Let's not forget their famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, one of my favorites, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine. Get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers that I mentioned. They make you look huge. Great performance enhancer. And the Shed Travel Bag. I know Bobby's a big fan of that bag as well. The dads can't stop talking about this. The teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Now, these are our picks for Manscaped Surefire Win Stocking Stuffers. Number one, the Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner just launched. Kill two birds with one stone. It's shampoo, it's conditioner, and it smells amazing. Number two, the Manscaped Cologne Infused Body Wash. The beautiful part is you've got the scent permeating your whole body from your hair to your body and we're going to mention number five here the signature cologne so you've got it all over folks it's a cohesive masculine smell number three the shears 2.0 luxury four-piece nail kit and number four the crop mops ball wipes for your stanky balls we want it noted that Manscaped is calling your balls stanky, not the IDP show. We know them balls be smelling good. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. Just free, 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 so you know their products are legit. Make sure you hurry to their site to ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. And while you're at it, get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code IDPSHOW. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something that they will actually use 
and almost sure to get a laugh when they pull it out of their stocking. So one more time for the folks in the back. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code IDPSHOW. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. All right, we're back, and it is time for the main event. We have been teasing it now for a little bit, and we are excited to dig in to the IDP MVP picks for 2021. And we, if you didn't see the tweet, have put together the Avengers, the Guardians of the Multiverse, the whatever. We're not going to say the Justice League because that movie was awful, even the Snyder Cut. John, I think you'll agree with me on that take. Uh, We're not crossing the streams and going over into DC here for our super team references. We are keeping it in the MCU so whatever your preference, John, maybe you've got a nerdier one that you could pull out for us here in terms of super teams. Well, I like to think like when I think of the Justice League, I think of the comic book version. Um, so we got uh, Green Lanterns in there. Uh, we got Martian Manhunter in there. Like some of those guys, um, maybe even like a Hawk Girl if we're taking it to like the 1990s version. Um, but yeah, the Zack Snyder version is not uh, is definitely not my choice of Justice League. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not my Justice League. So yeah, we have assembled not the Justice League for the IDP MVP picks. So what we're going to do here is we're going to listen to each clip. Our analysts were kind enough to send in their selections and then we'll break it down. This is kind of like, I don't know, John, do you do any of the sort of like uh, react videos on YouTube? Do you watch any of those or people will watch something and then comment on it? <laughs> I've seen them, but I, I don't I don't typically watch them. No, I haven't. Yeah. You haven't gone to that <laughs> level of nerddom yet? Not not quite. Um, I'm trying to think like the last one that I watched is probably like a review of a video game or something because I'm so out of the video game uh, market, but I still want to play them. So it was probably something like that. Sean's like, it was a review of a video game. Have you kids heard of this Mario Kart? Uh, It's got multiple characters from the Mario universe racing around in tiny Um, go-karts. No, my favorite is uh, VFX Artist React. So that is the guys from Corridor Crew. Check out their channel. They actually watch different VFX shots and then break it down. They also have like animators react and stuntmen react. And it's just a really cool series over there. Uh, so check it out if you like reaction videos. But we're going to sort of copy that style tonight and lend our insight and analysis and opinions on who these guys picked. So let's kick things off with the player that I think has taken the IDP world by storm. It is one of three players that more than one person picked as their MVP choice. And we are going to kick things off with Dallas Cowboys linebacker, Edge, I don't know, a little bit of both, Micah Parsons. And our Doc Prep extraordinaire putting Justin Reed in an early grave and picking Micah Parsons as his MVP. Take it away, Aaron. What's up, guys? I'm Aaron, and I'm the creator of the Land of Oz Fantasy League that you all heard about in the preseason. Uh, and I'm also the puppet master who pulls the strings on the IDP show. Uh, the man behind the curtain, or, you know, <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, so to speak. That's right. The entire show, it's scripted. And I'm the man with the golden keyboard. Now, the guys, God love them, they kind of struggle for comedic genius. But luckily for us all, 
They've got great reading skills. Uh, so that means that every poop joke, every amazing take, or the breathtaking analysis, all the love that's given to the poll by Eddie, uh, even those well-patented yezers, it's all written word for word by moi. But not all of it, not the bad takes, you know, that that's all them. I'm definitely looking at you, Mr. Kenneth Murray Flagplant. Now, it's a lot of hard work, but someone's got to do it, or these guys wouldn't have this show to bring to you amazing folk. Now, enough about my incredible resume. I wanted to talk to you about someone else's incredible resume for my fantasy MVP, and that is Rookie Defensive Player of the Year, Micah Parsons. Now, I know he hasn't actually received the award yet, but it's just a formality to come, and let me tell you why. Now, over his 13 games played, he's already scored 281.2 fantasy points, and that's an average of 21.63 points per game. Now, that's leading both categories amongst all NFL defenders. Doesn't matter, rookies, veterans, everybody. Now, if we just compare to his rookie class, he leads them all in pretty much all of the major PFF categories for defenders. He's got 55 pressures, 12 sacks, 57 solo tackles. Uh, he's tied for first and forced fumbles with Odafe Owe. He blows the other rookies away when it comes to pass rush win rate and overall pass rush grade. So he's got a 25.2% pass rush win rate. The next closest rookie is 15.5. He's got 92.7 overall pass rush grade. The next closest rookie is 74.1. Uh, now, not only that, he's been amazing recently for us. You know, we are a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and he's had six 20-point games in the past seven weeks. Uh, in fact, since coming off the bye, he's averaging 27.89 points per game. That's bit Now, these numbers, not just the last six weeks, but his season numbers, they're better than 2020 Devin White season that we all loved, uh, and he's even ahead of pace of Darius Leonard's historic rookie year that in 2018 that just had everybody falling over their shoes in both points per game and total points. Now, if we're going to talk about rookie records, I should probably mention that he's only three sacks away from breaking Javon Kearse's, uh rookie sack record of 14 and a half, and that was set back in 1999. Now, I personally will go so far to say that he is the number one IDP asset in Dynasty right now. That's when you factor in age, production, draft pedigree, positional flexibility. Like, he is an Iron Man who does not come off the field. He can play edge, he can play off ball linebacker. The dude is a freak. And it pains me to my absolute core that I have zero shares of him whatsoever. Now, the only thing he's just missing is a badass nickname Josh, Eddie. Bobbo, it's time for you guys to sort of pull your weight and prove your worth. Come up with one of those without my uh, without my scripting on your own. No, but seriously, it's been amazing, guys. Uh, I've really enjoyed working with you for what? Well, no, working for you for for the past few months. Um, I can't wait to see what we what we move forward to. And uh, thanks very much for for having me on the show. Cheers. All right, so there we go. That was Aaron's take on why. Micah Parsons deserves to be your IDP MVP, as well as finally spilling the beans, John, that our show has been scripted since the very beginning. I sent you the scripts for this show. We actually don't come up with these clever quips and fart jokes and country sayings. Aaron has just been writing this the whole time. Yeah, you fooled the world. You're like the the survivor of uh, IDP podcasts or something. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say The Bachelor, uh, the Bachelor which is the, yeah. Yeah, the best scripted show on television. Uh, <laughs> we are the IDP podcast equivalent of that, so cat's out of the bag. <laughs> but uh, let's also hear from 
one of the big three, Addy actually picked Micah Parsons as his MVP as well. So take it away, Addy. Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. My 2021 IDP MVP pick is Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons, the rookie. Isn't that insane? I don't think we've ever seen a rookie do what Micah Parsons is doing. Um, He's averaging 21.6 points per game. That is second uh, among all IDP players, um, only behind TJ Watt, who was the other guy I was considering for for this MVP pick. But unlike TJ Watt, Michael Parsons has not missed a game yet this year. Um, TJ Watt has missed two. He's left early in, in a handful. Uh, and he's kind of banged up at, at the worst time. Um, so that's what broke the tie for me. And also, I, I like the fact that Micah Parsons could be had later in drafts, where TJ Watt, you were basically have to, having to spend um, you know, a, a top three edge pick on the guy, which meant he was he was typically like the you know one of the first five IDPs off the board in pretty much every draft. So um, that also factored in the decision. But yeah, Micah Parsons, I, I you know what can you say about that that rookie season? Absolutely insane. Also love how he's heating up to finish the year. Um, he has nine and a half sacks since week nine. Just just absolutely crazy. Let's look at the let's look at his last seven games. 27.25 points in week 8, 41 in week 9, 22.4 in week 10, 32 against Kansas City, 27.45 against Las Vegas, New Orleans, he had a stinker of a game here, 17.8 points, and then last week against Washington, 27.35 points. Just insane. So, Micah Parsons, my pick for 2021 IDP MVP Cannot wait to see what this guy does for an encore in 2022. Love you guys. Hope everyone's doing well. All right, so there was Addy's take as well. So, John, we've got Aaron and Adam both picking Micah Parsons. This was actually my first choice, and I pivoted off uh, just to give a fresh take on another candidate here for MVP. But I think he satisfies for me both sides of the MVP coin, which is highly productive and someone that in most instances, you didn't have to pay a ton of draft capital for. Like Adam mentioned, this was a guy, unlike a TJ Watt, you didn't have to necessarily spend up. Micah Parsons was not like a top three linebacker taken in most like redraft leagues, for instance. Maybe he probably got pushed up a little bit higher in dynasty because of the potential and the age and all of that. But, um, I think if I were just looking at the landscape and had the number one overall draft pick in this kind of MVP lottery, Micah Parsons would be my pick. What say you? Yeah, it's a solid choice for sure. He was he was going to be he was in the conversation for me as well. I, I went a different route, but um, he was he was definitely in consideration, and I think rightfully so. I mean, not just uh, you know among rookie linebackers to, to, to lead all linebackers in scoring this year. Um, but you know, like you said, he, he, he wasn't going as like a top five linebacker or even top 10 linebacker, most likely in, in redraft. So you're able to get actual good value on him. Um, even in rookie drafts, really, I, you know, there was a few 
times where he was the first linebacker off the board. Um, but not everybody was going that route. A lot of people like Jamin Davis, a lot of people like Zayvon Collins, right? So those guys were getting uh, a little bit more buzz and, and they had the more attractive landing spots at the time. So um, even in rookie drafts, Micah Parsons was still a value if he wasn't going as the first linebacker off the board. And he, yeah, he's blown away expectations. I mean, he, He's he's locked up for a defensive rookie of the year. I think there's there's no doubt about that. But now that he's he's even in the defensive player of the year conversation, which is insane. Yeah, you don't often see that. I don't think I, he would be my choice, but he's definitely in the conversation, and deservedly yeah. so. Uh, so yeah, I can't fault either Aaron or Adam for going this route. Like I said, he was my number one pick. And I pivoted off just to give uh, some of these other guys a chance to talk about him. All right, the other piece of the big three here, John, we want to get Bobby's take as well. Now, if you've been listening to Bobby this season, I think you might have some idea where this is going. But maybe not. Maybe you'll be surprised. We're going down to the desert. Take it away, Bob, with your MVP pick for 2021. Hey, what's going on? Bobby Reynolds here with my 2021's IDP show MVP of the year. And this award for IDP Bob is going to the best Arizona Cardinals safety. You know him as, oh, not Buddha. It's Jalen, Jalen Thompson. Jalen Thompson actually has double-digit scoring three times in the last six weeks. He has 50 tackles, that's a five and a zero, over the last six weeks, as well as two interceptions, one in week 10 and one in week 13. Jalen Thompson is still in the top 20 in the NFL for total tackles, and he is in the top 10 right now for safeties in 2021. Jalen Thompson might be the free agency IDP acquisition of the year. You either drafted him really, really, really late in a lot of these deep IDP leagues, or he was someone that, if you listen to the IDP show, myself, Adam, and Josh have been banging that Jalen drum, and you acquired him via a trade or off of waivers this year. Jalen Thompson has been great. His production has been steady. And I don't see that changing at all over the playoff forecast. So again, this has been Bobby Reynolds with my 2021 IDP show MVP, Jalen Thompson. Addy, Joshy, miss you boys. Miss the musk. I'm missing the tall boys. Rody, the foot heaters, all of it. The triple kiss. But I'll be back soon. Until then. Boys, take it away. All right, John, were you surprised at all that Bobo went with Cardinals safety Jalen Thompson for his MVP pick? Yeah, this is an interesting one. So again, kind of along those lines of being like a very valuable pick in that he probably wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues and was a waiver wire uh, addition at some point early in the season. 
but yeah, he's been he's been really solid, and and he's one of the top safeties uh, in the in the league this year, and and outperforming who has been one of the best IDP safeties on his own team uh, for years past in Buda Baker. So uh, that that's a huge um, a bonus for Jalen Thompson, uh, and and a nod to how good he's been this season. And uh, yeah, I don't blame Bobby for going that route. Um, so it's 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 a it's a nice pick and a, definitely a value. So um, it's a good choice. Yeah, whoever would have thought before the season we'd say that there there's a Cardinals safety sitting a safety eleven on the season. Ninety nine point nine percent. Let's just be honest. Say probably a hundred percent of IDP managers would have said, "Oh, okay, that's where Buddha finishes. That's not too bad." And we've been like, "Up, oh, psych." It's actually Jalen Thompson. <laughs> That is the top 12 safety on the season. So I know this is a little bit of a sentimental pick. We all have our guys that we kind of latch on to throughout the season, uh, and those become our dudes. So Jalen Thompson was definitely that for Bobby this season, so not surprised to see him go with Jalen Thompson here. But as you mentioned, John, a very worthy selection. And on that side of the equation where it's like, what did you pay for Jalen Thompson? Probably nothing other than paying attention to the to the Cardinals depth chart, maybe, maybe in a deep league you snagged him at the very end of your draft. But for most most leagues, this was probably a guy that was out there on waivers. Oh yeah, for sure. And he wasn't a guy that had performed necessarily well as an IDP in the past either. It, prior to this season, he kind of, uh, when he was given the opportunity, he played that deep safety role and and was kind of quiet. He just he was just kind of there. Um, him and and Deontay Thompson, who was who's on the team as well, um, and it was always Buda Baker. So he he's a, a total surprise out of left field this uh, this season, and uh, he's he's been a value and and. Um, a strong IDP candidate uh, for MVP. Love it. So thank you, Bob, for that selection. Not a surprise, but a very strong argument made, and uh, we can't disagree. But let's move on now to a bit of a dark horse selection. I mentioned that our experts here were kind of split in terms of how they viewed MVP, and boo-bam, Jeff Pomazal, who writes our weekly waiver wire article and is my co-manager in our Unreal Tournament League, he weighed in with a very interesting choice for MVP. So take it away, Boo-Bam. Hi. When uh, the boys asked me to find out my fantasy football defensive MVP, it was super easy for me to think about. Um, I know that it's easy to put guys like Wagner and Kendricks and White and Rokon Smith in there, but uh, those are guys you draft to be your number one. And, uh, when I think of an MVP, I look for someone who's kind of coming out of nowhere, kind of helps your team, kind of puts you over the hump. And for me, that guy was Denzel Perryman this year. Um, guy was literally on waivers week one, week two. Maybe you were lucky enough to sneak him in week three. But uh, he's played lights out all season long. He has been very consistent week in and week out, obviously outside of this last week when he was out with an ankle injury. But he still ranks right up there with the uh, top guys in tackles per week. Um, just super consistent, getting you... LB1 numbers each and every week. So for me, uh, Denzel Perryman is the guy that puts me over the hump for defensive MVP this year. I know that uh, Jonathan Grenard was right there, but I'm pretty sure someone else is going to take his his light and go with it. So uh, yeah, that's what I got. All right, so there you go, John. What do you think of Boo Bam's choice of Denzel Perryman as the IDP MVP? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. Like, I, I think, you know, the value being the one of the key um, 
the key words here it, and Denzel Perryman was definitely that he was essentially undrafted in most <laughs> in most drafts and then by week one it was clear that okay this guy is going to be you know one of the the starters in Las Vegas so he was a, an immediate waiver wire pickup for a lot of people it makes sense that that Boobam would go with the waiver wire route I like that uh writing the waiver wire article and and yeah Perryman has just been a tackling machine um he he does that really well I know he's he's missed the game now um we'll see what happens with week 15 but hopefully he's back because yeah i agree he has been a very very valuable um idp piece and it's it's a good reminder not to write guys off too soon Mm -hmm. i remember what mike wallert famously joked i don't know if it was on his pod or ours that does denzel perryman have nude pictures of the coaches this is when he was still in los angeles and it made sense because all we've been trying to do since Denzel Perryman got to Los Angeles was get him out of Los Angeles so we could get somebody else in there who was better, hence my Kenneth Murray affection, which has gone so quickly down in flames. But it's a good reminder that sometimes we need to be patient. And we also need to remember that just because a guy has had a stink on him for a while, if he changes situations... That doesn't mean things can't improve. You don't have to hold on to past performance in fantasy football. That's how you get stuck with last year's results is if you don't pivot and shift when circumstances change. And John, believe it or not, Denzel Perryman's circumstances changed when he landed in Las Vegas. Not the, not even the linebacker we thought was going to be the guy there. You know, you had your Corey Littleton heads. You had your K.J. Wright fans and your Nick Kwiatkowski guys. And it turns out it was Denzel Perryman the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. There was like a consensus for those three guys even ahead of Denzel Perryman um, to to be a starter there in Las Vegas. And he surprised uh, everyone. I I mean, I I think Tripp was on it. I will will say I, I remember Tripp being on Denzel Perryman pretty early, um, like even before week one, saying that there's a good shot that he can he can get in there and 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 be effective. And and yeah, he's he's definitely done that. And uh um yeah, I mean opportunity is 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 the is the best thing for for IDP a lot of the time. So Denzel Perriman has has taken that opportunity and he's been awesome. Yeah, we may not like it, but opportunity is often the best health and availability and then opportunity. When those two things overlap in IDP you tend to get really good results. So even though it may not be the sexiest name, he is a great choice for IDP MVP. So tip of the cap to Boo Bam. Let's move now to another pick from another expert who went with the return on investment strategy when making this selection. Evan Ronda, the host of the Big Game Theory podcast. Evan also helps us out with our weekly preview show. Speaking of which... Stay tuned. On Friday, Bobby and Evan will be recording the Week 15 preview with Fantasy Playoffs coming up. You do not want to miss that episode, but let's see where Evan went with his MVP pick. Hey, Evan Ronda of the Big Game Theory Podcast here. I've been tasked with giving my IDP MVP of 2021. If you know anything about me or my podcast, then you know that I take philosophical questions like these very seriously. If I'm going to solve the IDP MVP mystery, I first need to define what MVP means, because as Socrates said, the beginning of wisdom is the definition of terms. The most valuable player, 
is a player that possesses a very specific attribute, value, and at a rate higher than any other. So what is value? Value is a ratio of cost and benefit of how much you paid for an asset versus how much that asset benefited you. So when looking for the IDP MVP, I needed to find a player that had a low cost and a high benefit to those that acquired him at a rate higher than any other. My MVP is a player that went undrafted virtually everywhere. And I'm not talking Elijah Mitchell levels of late round ADP. I mean undrafted, undrafted. This undrafted IDP player is entering week 14 with 96 tackles. That's good for top 20 in the league and nine tackles for loss, also top 20 in the league. My IDP MVP is a linebacker by the name of Aziz Alshair. With Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw banged up for the 49ers this season, Alshair stepped into a three down linebacker role and has performed exceptionally. The best part is that he was free to acquire and has performed like an LB1 all season up to this point. Naturally, it's too late to get in on him now, but let this MVP call stand as a lesson to you, O oh listener. It pays to be in the loop. And if you want to win your IDP leagues, you can get in on the next Aziz Alshair if you keep listening to these good folks at the top of the IDP community. All right, John, what did you think of this one? We talked about him a little bit earlier. Evan quoting Socrates and then <laughs> dropping the Aziz Alshair pick on us as the MVP, I can't say I have much of an argument. If you're looking at the return on investment equation as your barometer for measuring IDP, Al is a great pick. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he he's always been this the kind of like the third linebacker in in the 49ers base looks, and never really had that opportunity. There's been other guys there, Quan Alexander and um, and then Drake Green, Drake Greenlaw, but that opportunity opened up really quickly uh, early on in the year. We talked about it. Um, and yeah, I, I actually really like this pick. Um, he's, he's another guy that's been, he's been great at putting up tackle numbers and big plays as well. So um, coming in, yeah, playing in every down role is, is huge. And then also that, that sustainability for, uh, basically the entire season again another guy we hope is healthy um for the fantasy playoffs because he's, he's he's been so good and uh um yeah the, the value being obviously the the biggest key there for sure yeah it's a great reminder if my biggest lesson was to pour some cold water on the rookie love especially linebackers my second biggest takeaway was don't overpay for linebackers because we see a lot of guys on this list that you could have gotten for dirt cheap. Denzel Perryman, like Boobam mentioned, probably on waivers the first couple weeks of the season in most leagues. Aziz Alshir, same thing. Eric Kendricks, not sexy, not flashy. We're going to hear about him a little bit later. Same kind of profile, you know, a guy that you don't have to pay up for. So that's been my second biggest lesson is, don't go chasing waterfalls. Number one, great <laughs> lesson from TLC. Number two, don't go chasing linebackers. Spend that premium draft capital on your defensive ends. Speaking of which, yeah. let's talk about Johnny the Greek's picks. And I say picks <laughs> here, John, because as is tradition with Johnny the Greek, you know if we give him an assignment, he is going to take it to the nth degree. 
Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny always makes sure he goes 110%. And that's what we love about him. Um, because he makes sure that no stone is left unturned here in, uh, in getting these players their recognition. Um, and then even adding in some bonus uh, with, uh, with the deal, the best deals for players as well. So yeah, as John mentioned, we're going to hear from Johnny, the best, the MVP essentially at outside linebacker, Inside linebacker, safety, defensive end, defensive tackle, and cornerback because that's what Johnny does. He goes in-depth. He goes an inch wide and and 10 miles deep. (laughs) But also, in addition to the MVP, he's also going to include his favorite deal at each of these positions. So without further ado, take it away, Mr. Greek. Hello and greetings, listeners. So Joshy reached out to me and wanted who I thought was the IDP MVP for this season. But anyone that knows me or uh, has read my stuff before knows if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. So I've got the best IDP MVP for every single position, plus the best deal for every single position for this season. This is recorded while week 13 is happening, so it's going to be up to week 13 in, in uh, terms of statistics. I'm going to start with outside linebackers. The best outside linebacker option this season uh, is clearly T.J. Watt. 12 and a half sacks, 41 combined tackles, and a host of other statistics, including forced fumbles, pass defense, things like that. He is the best overall outside linebacker option this year. However, the best deal this season, in my opinion, has been Marcus Golden since J. J.J. Watt went out for the season. Marcus Golden has seen significant playing time every single week. He has 10 sacks on the season, 33 combined tackles, and also a host of other statistics. Okay, next up, we've got inside linebackers. In my opinion, the season's been Roquan Smith. 112 combined tackles so far. No bad weeks that I can remember. The occasional down week, if you want to call five or six combined tackles, but a down week. Um, my best inside linebacker deal this season is Foye Aluakon, who you could have taken many, many, many rounds later than guys like Roquan, Devin White, Darius Leonard, guys like that. Okay, we got safeties next. So uh, pretty clearly the best safety this season has been Derwin James, 93 combined tackles so far, five pass defense, two picks host of other statistics. Best deal this year could be a few different guys. For me, though, it's Kyle Duggar. A lot of us did not have Kyle Duggar on the radar, at least to the point, you know, as as to what he's done this year. He's been excellent. He's had 73 combined tackles, four uh, pass defense, one pick, a host of other statistics. Okay, moving on to the defensive line at defensive end. uh, This one's pretty obvious. Best defensive end this season has been Miles Garrett. By many factors of a million, 14 sacks, 42 combined tackles. Rarely does he have a bad week, and that's so hard to find on on the uh, defensive line. Best defensive end deal, though, in my opinion, is Jonathan Greenard. Eight sacks, 25 combined tackles. He's been one of those rare defensive end waiver wires that can really help salvage uh, our season in some deeper leagues. Okay, heading over to defensive tackle, best defensive tackle. For me, it's Cameron Hayward. You know, 57 combined tackles, five and a half sacks, a host of other statistics on the season. The best defensive tackle deal has got to be Javon Hargrave. Came out of nowhere the first five or six weeks this season. Overall, you've gotten way more than you expected out of Javon Hargrave this season. 51 combined totals, seven sacks, and a host of other statistics. Last but not least, we got our cornerbacks. I think the best two have been Kenny Moore and Trayvon Diggs, pretty clearly. Trayvon has 41 combined tackles, 9 picks, and 14 pass defense on the season. Kenny Moore 
is getting it done in the combined tackles department with 72 combined tackles, three picks, and nine pass defense. Both of them have been stellar. Best corner deal, there could be many, many different guys, but I think it's J.C. Jackson, Patriots. 42 combined tackles, seven picks, 16 pass defense, host of other stats, and he's getting it done playing like 65, 70% of snaps a game tops, which is mind-blowing. But yep, those are the guys I got for IDP MVP at each position and IDP best value at each position. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This was sponsored by the Big Dump Premium Format, which is coming to a fantasy site near you 2022. All right, so, John, we heard it there from Johnny. Hell of a breakdown. I mean, if you guys aren't listening to the Audio Monster every week, this is essentially what John does. I mean, he just he jumps in with both feet and just starts digging through the trash to see what's actually trash and what might be treasure. So we have his picks there, John. He mentioned for his MVPs, TJ Watt, Roquan Smith, Derwin James, Miles Garrett, Cameron Hayward, Trayvon Diggs, slash Kenny Moore. And then on the deal side, he said Marcus Golden, Foyce Luakun, Kyle Duggar, Jonathan Greenard, Javon Hargrave, or Javon Hargrave, and J.C. Jackson. So of those guys that Johnny brought up, which one were you most happy to see him include on this list? Oh, I think it's uh, I think it's pretty obvious uh, once you listen to my uh, pick <laughs> coming up in a bit. But uh, yeah, D- safety Derwin James obviously really really satisfied with how this one turned out this season. Um, but Kyle Duggar as well. Like I I love the safety position. I love finding these guys, looking at their usage and um, and trying to to, to pinpoint who's going to be. Uh, really nice IDP options, and Kyle Duggar has turned out to be that as well. And um, and yeah, I mean, Foyer Luicon has been incredible. Greenard has been a rare waiver wire piece to find off the waiver uh, off the waiver wire for defensive end. Um, even Hargrave, Hargrave too, is another one kind of resurgence there uh, this season at defensive tackle. Uh, yeah, it's no surprise he went Trayvon Diggs and Kenny Moore for for corner as well. Those guys have been um, yeah incredible. Yeah, truly. This is Johnny does a great job illuminating for us the value that can be had when you pay attention. It's like we've we've said before on this show, Johnny is the best fantasy football player we know. He's in 25 plus leagues, <laughs> made the playoffs in probably, you know, 24 of those. Uh hell, we'll just say 25. We'll just give him 100% coverage in sure. terms of playoffs, making the playoffs and the secret to his success, I think he would tell you, is just pay attention. Yep. Which sounds really simple, but one thing I love that Johnny does, he actually has alarms set to do waivers every single week. I love that. Like Adams admitted before, we stumble out of the Soad Shack at like midnight on Tuesday. Sometimes we forget to set waivers. If you want to yeah, know he- why I brought in Kyle B as my co-manager in the XFFL, it was to handle waivers because I knew I was doing <laughs> this show on Tuesday nights. Yeah, you have to. You have to get into a routine in the season. I mean, I do it. I have a set routine every week. It's it's Tuesday nights, setting all my waivers for all my leagues and um, making sure you stick to that every single week. It's it's easy to fall out of that, like at the midpoint of the season or late in the season, uh, and it, it can trip you up for sure. So um, making sure you stick to that kind of stuff. Like Johnny, <laughs> Johnny always says, set alarms if you have to, get a co-manager if you need to, uh, whatever you got to do. But yeah, paying attention is so, so important. And it's 
it's definitely uh it sounds easy but it's it's not easy for everyone that's for sure it pays to pay attention john as we know that's right so let's move now to the aforementioned eric kendricks who was chosen by both joey the tooth and z mags as their idp mvp so first up let's hear from joey on why he selected eric kendricks What's up, everybody? This is Joey the Tooth. I'm here to give you my superlatives for the 2021 NFL season. MVP, we're going with Eric Kendricks. He can win you a week, any week. Finish, he, through 12 games, he has 120 tackles, 5 sacks, which is a career high, 2 interceptions, and 4 passes defended. He's on an absolute tear. He was showing it last season. He missed a few games. This season, he's just kept it going. Eric Kendricks has got to be my guy. He's he's a top three linebacker, pretty much top t- top three IDP overall in pretty much all formats. So, uh, rookie of the year, pretty easy. Micah Parsons has to be. It doesn't matter where you put him on the edge or if he lines up as a linebacker, he's going to produce for you. I got a comeback player of the year, Denzel Perriman. Who thought that was going to happen? Uh, he's played ten game, twelve games. He's got about one hundred and thirty tackles. He's a top ten linebacker. You probably picked him up off of waivers. Unfortunately, he missed this week, so he still is continuing his streak of not playing 16 games in a season, but still Denzel Perriman, good to see him back. Uh, my biggest hit, I'm going to have to say, is uh, Cole Holcomb. Cole Holcomb, everybody was worried about uh, Jamin Davis coming in, but uh, I w- I've been pumping up Cole Holcomb all off season based off how he played at the end of last season. He's got 110 tackles. He's calling all the plays in Washington. Uh, six passes defended and two interceptions, which has shown, continuing from last season, his improvement in pass protection. So, biggest hit was Cole Holcomb. My biggest miss was Addy's guy, Kyle Duggar, man. I really wasn't as high on him as everybody else. He was kind of in and out of the lineup last year. This year, he's a consistent force for the Patriots. He's got 80 tackles, four for a loss, four passes defended, three interceptions. He's a top 10 IDP safety. Uh, he's a guy that... I really didn't see taking a hold of that role. And good news for most of you fans is he did. This is Joey the Tooth. Thank you all for listening, and I appreciate all the love, guys. All right, so with Joey giving his spiel, let's now cede the floor to Z-Mags. Z-Mags, take it away, my friend. Hey, guys, it's Zach Magley, or Z-Mags IDP, some, as some of you know me. My uh, IDP MVP for the 2021 season is Eric Kendricks. Linebacker from Minnesota. Um, he's a guy who could have been a drafted at a bargain and bounced back from ending last season injured in a big way. He's overlooked by some and cherished by many. Probably the highest scoring linebacker in most formats at the moment. He's carrying IDP managers to a fantasy championship for the 2021 season. Good luck, everybody. All right, so there you go, John. Two compelling cases as to why Eric Kendricks should be your IDP MVP. Full disclosure, he was my second choice for MVP, <laughs> and I pivoted off of him once I saw that he had been selected by a couple of these fine gentlemen. So my thinking was he isn't the waiver wire darling, John, but he also isn't one of those guys that you had to pay up for at the linebacker position. He was also a bit of like a a, a spiritual pick for me, honoring what he did last season when he was a member of my main roster and got injured. I've said before on this show, I think he was heading for like a top 
four, top five finish last year at linebacker. And yeah. now you just love to see it that we're getting that season from Eric Kendricks just a year later. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, like you said, he showed what he could do last year um, as being as far as being in that conversation among the top linebackers. And I think it, it, it happens, right? Like these guys get hurt and then they're kind of forgotten about a little bit. Their, you know, their their yearly point totals don't show up when you're you're uh, doing your draft. So people often forget about them and they let them slip a little bit um, down the down the draft. And, and Kendricks, he's not this sexy name. He's not Darius Leonard. He's not Devin White or Roquan Smith. So you could get him uh, outside of the top 10 of linebackers pretty easily. Um, and if he did, it's an absolute value because he's he's playing inside the top five, I believe, this year. Um, a career high in total tackles as well already uh, with 120. He's added on five sacks. Um, plays every down. And, that, and that's important. That One of the hardest things for linebackers is, is coverage. And he's one of the best in the league at doing that. So we can trust him to stay on the field um, and, and make plays uh, for uh, on every single snap. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that you want the guys that are consistent, that are on the field that are healthy, this is such a tough needle to thread that there are only typically a handful of guys that have that overlap of health, consistency, and availability and opportunity, right? That they're on the field, they're healthy, and they're producing. It's hard to get that trifecta of qualities and then to really elevate that and perform above expectations in your role. Like that's like that, top like you know five percent layer of idp assets hit that trifecta and then elevate what they have right yeah absolutely and you know the teams that win every single season are usually the teams that are the healthiest as well right and that goes for for fantasy and for nfl purposes as well a lot of the times right the teams that don't suffer those key injuries at key positions and uh yeah if you're able to get a few of those guys and and have them carry you through the for the entire season you're in good shape for sure yeah so let's move now from linebacker to edge rusher and hear from our boy dr lesus who of course hosts our amazing injury report podcast which you can hear over at the idpshow.com i love this pick john this was probably the most off the beaten path pick but when you dig into the numbers and ignore the name, you understand why Lee picked this guy as his MVP. So take it away, Lee. Hello, friends listening into the IDP Show podcast. Hope you are all having a wonderful time. Lee here, host of the Injury Report with the IDP Show. First of all, I'd like to give a huge shout out to Josh, Bob, and Addy during the events that occurred over the weekend in Kentucky. Very happy that you are all safe, and I wish you nothing but the best of wishes and safe health for you, your friends, family, and your community going forward. Now, the boys over at the IDP show have labeled me an IDP expert and have asked me to give you my choice for IDP MVP this year. Let's pump the brakes on that a bit here. You three over at the IDP show are the true experts. I get to just tag along on some shenanigans with y'all. However, I will dive in a bit on who my choice is for IDP MVP and let the statistics speak for themselves. Let's preface this a bit here, shall we? My IDP MVP is a dude who is currently 31 years old and in his 10th season in the NFL. He's a dude who wasn't even on anybody's radar to begin the year. On the Fantasy Pros IDP rankings, out of 271 players they had listed, 
he was 271st. We're talking about a dude who, after 14 weeks, is ranked the number seven linebacker in scoring this year on RSO platforms and the number four linebacker on sleeper platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, your IDP MVP for this year is none other than Bears linebacker Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn is a guy who you likely didn't even have to draft if you were in a redraft league this year. He's likely a dude who, if you're like me, spent the minimal amount of fab needed to require him after a couple big games just to see where it leads. He scored over 14 points in 9 of the 12 games he's played in this season, which by doing some quick math is 75% of his games played. During the last four weeks alone, he hasn't had a game under 16 points scored, and this is during the crunch time of people trying to make playoffs, which also includes a 40-bomb, three-sack performance in Week 11 against the Ravens. That very well could have won people their weeks alone. Robert Quinn has accumulated a total of 14 sacks on the year, which currently sits him at third in the NFL behind only Aaron Donald at number two and TJ Watt at number one. For a guy you likely got for next to nothing having a career year, there's no doubt that Robert Quinn deserves a vote as the 2021 IDP MVP. All right, John, you heard it straight from Dr. Lezis. Robert <laughs> Quinn as his choice for MVP. And I have to say, much like Denzel Perryman, it took me a second. I had to go back and look. I thought, did, did Lee make a mistake? Is Lee like time traveling from a different time where <laughs> this is not the same Robert Quinn that we know? But man, Robert Quinn is absolutely balling out this season. Yeah, he's he's really, really uh, been on fire. I mean, this is a guy who's been in the league for like 10 years now, uh, and he's still playing at this level. Um, 14 total sacks already this season i think he's had just two games without a sack without at least a, like a half sack um so he's he's produced every single game that consistency is there with him um i mean i know a lot of leagues he might be designated as a, as a linebacker so depending on your scoring he he may not be performing as well as some of these defensive ends and things like that but um in in this case obviously for for Lises to pick him uh he he's he's been a key part of his team and a, and a top performer and uh yeah it's hard to argue it he's another guy that would have fallen really far in drafts uh this season and and wouldn't have had a lot of value coming into this year after only getting two sacks last year uh on the same team in chicago playing 15 games so um it, it, plus he's, he's he's an older player too people don't want old players and it happens all the time yeah like uh like lee said you know 31 years old 10th season 271st out of 271 ranked players by Fantasy Pro in their preseason IDP rankings. That's where Robert Quinn was, literally the last guy on the board. And here he is setting in our main league as LB7 with 198 points between Camu Grugier-Hill and Foyseta Luakun. That 198 points, John, would put him as the D-end number three behind Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa. So take a freaking bow, Robert Quinn. Yeah, that is impressive. So speaking of Miles Garrett, let's get to Kyle Bellafuel's pick where he lays out the case for the man from Cleveland. John, I think this one is going to warm your heart a little bit. Let's hear from Kyle why he selected Miles Garrett as his MVP. 
What's happening, fellas? This is Kyle B. from the IDP guys calling in with my IDP MVP for this season. I felt there were a couple of the options, but ultimately settled on my guy, defensive end from the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett. Uh, quick run through his stats through 13 games. Uh, 45 tackles, 28 solos, previous career high is 48, so he's on pace to set a new career high there. 15 tackles for a loss, which is a career high. Second in the league in sacks with 15, which is a career high. And he's third in the league in pressures with 62 pressures per PFF. He's played all 13 games this year and has a sack in 11 of 13 games. And then this week had the huge play um, with the strip sack fumble for a touchdown, did it all himself in a big division game against Baltimore. Um as I said, a sack in 11 to 13 games, so he's giving you production week in and week out at a defensive end position where production can be sporadic week to week. So he's been there for you all year long. If Miles Garrett's on your team, bring him in close, hold him tight, and tell him just how much you appreciate him because he's been just awesome this year. Thanks again for having me on, guys. Love the show, and you guys have a happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, so there you go, John. I don't think much of a case has to be made here. This is a, a player that I think Mike even brings it up later when he talks about his MVP selection that he thought Miles Garrett was going to get plenty of love. Here we see Kyle B lavishing it on to the defensive end from the Cleveland Browns. It's nice, John. I think this is the bucket of MVP selections that we can call, thank God this guy is as good as we thought he was going to be, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. And and shout out to Kyle because I was starting to get a little worried that nobody was going to pick Miles Garrett. I thought I would have had to switch up my pick um, because yeah, I assumed a lot of people were going to take him. So I think uh, uh, he he definitely deserves the recognition. I mean, you know, he he was ranked as the DE one by a lot of people, myself included, coming into the season. He's lived up to that, um, which is important. Uh, I mean, you, you you know, he wasn't exactly a value in drafts necessarily, but he's at least given you that return um, that a lot of players drafted in that spot don't do at any position. Um, so Miles Garrett being able to do that. And and for me, for my money, uh, he's, he's the true defensive player of the year this year. I, I, Micah Parsons has been awesome, but uh, we could give him the defensive rookie of the year this year. Let's give the defensive player of the year to a non-rookie at least. Um, and maybe that's a little bit of my Browns fan bias speaking, but I think Garrett deserves it. Yeah, that would be my pick as well. Miles Garrett um, is very deserving. We knew at some point he was going to win one of these awards. If not multiple years, he should win Defensive Player of the Year. So um, there are several deserving candidates. You could throw T.J. Watt in there. You could throw Trayvon Diggs in there, uh, Micah Parsons. But for my money, it has been Miles Garrett. So no surprise to see him show up as the IDP MVP for Kyle B. Now, John. I know that hearing yourself talk yeah. can be a little bit painful. So are you prepared now to listen back to the segment you originally sent us when you weren't planning to be part of the show? Are you going to be okay? I'm not going to lie. I was not expecting to have to sit here and listen to it and react slash defend uh, what I put together for, for the show today. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to suck it up and deal with it. It's, it's done now and, uh, we can make fun of it. So yeah, play, play it. All right. (laughs) Take it away. John Macri from a few days ago. Oh, hey guys. I am so happy to be back in the so check with y'all, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not 
overly happy in general right now. And that's because my 2021 IDP MVP was jinxed, cursed, the Malocchio for our Italian listeners, the kiss of death, if you will. And and I can't help but feel responsible. I started writing this up prior to week 14 when my MVP missed his first game of the year, thanks to the stupid fantasy gods and their stupid hamstring injuries. I'm talking, of course, about Los Angeles Chargers safety, Derwin James. In a season where the IDP safeties that we've relied on in years past, the Jamal Adams, Buda Bakers, even Jeremy Chins of the world early in the year, uh, have given us multiple weeks of angst, frustration, stress, and disappointment, there was one man consistent and reliable enough to answer the call week in and week out with dominant fantasy performances throughout the 2021 fantasy regular season. But up until this past week, that man was Derwin James. But even with missing a game due to injury, that's not going to stop me from crowning him my IDP MVP, because let's be honest, most of our IDPs have missed some time with injury this season, and he will be back. Think of it this way. Derwin is the IDP equivalent of Batman from The Dark Knight Rises, left to rot in a pit of death or injuries while pretenders to the safety one throne thought they were safe to dance on his grave. But Bane slash the injury gods made one crucial error. He left Batman alive. And even talking all kinds of shit like, once Gotham is in ashes, then you have my permission to die. Big mistake, Boehner. Huge. The injury gods made the same mistake with Derwin as anyone that's ever read a comic book in their life is well aware of the rules that no one is ever truly dead unless it's Spider-Man's Uncle Ben, may he rest in peace, and never ever count out the Batman slash Derwin. That includes counting him out because he missed this past week. So yes, Derwin James is Batman. He was broken and left for dead, but he is only human after all. Just bear in mind, we have now had 12 games this season to watch him utilize his brute strength, 100 total tackles, the savvy of the world's greatest detective, two interceptions and three forced fumbles, the ability to move through the shadows like a creature of the night, two sacks, five QB hits, combined with his elite anticipation and planning, 78.8 overall PFF grade, all executed perfectly to escape that pit of death, emerging as the perfectly crafted weapon to conquer Bane and Talia al Ghul, no, sorry, to conquer the pretenders to the throne and emerge as the safety one that I knew he could be. And at the risk of jinxing Derwin even more as the Chargers head into a short week playing on Thursday night, I'll leave it at this. I am very happy with the season we got from Derwin James, especially after hyping him up all offseason long and not knowing if he was going to lift through it all. And now, when I'm celebrating my championship wins at a quaint coffee shop in Paris, I hope to look over at the table across from me and see Derwin looking back at me, raising a glass and living his well-deserved best life after a job well done. Because if not for him, my rosters might not even be in a place where they are right now, which is in the playoffs and ready to contend. Let's just hope he gets back soon because he is both the hero we deserve and need. All right, so John, you got through it. I'm proud of you. You didn't just run out of the room screaming with your thumbs in your ear. And of course, there was no other choice here that could be made by you after a season of hype coming to fruition. Derwin James, swaggy Derwin James is back in our lives. He's the safety one. Yes, he's a little nicked up right now, but that shouldn't overshadow the fact that we have gotten everything that we wanted from Derwin James this season. Yeah, I I mean, this was, (laughs) this felt 
risky um, at, at the beginning of the, the offseason, um, starting up the Derwin James safety one uh, hype train. But as we got closer to the season, I definitely started to feel a lot better about it as, you know, there, we got through uh, OTAs and then training camp and then the preseason without any injuries. Uh, obviously, yeah, like you said, he's got the hamstring right now, which is it's frustrating. That's for sure. It almost was enough to make me uh, back off of uh, putting Derwin James on this list. But I- I'm glad I did because... Yeah, he he's been everything that I that I've hoped for this season. Uh, I mean, the hundred total tackles by themselves have been awesome, but he's been doing those things that we wanted to see from him. Those additional stats, the sacks, the interceptions, uh, fumbles, things like that that we know he's capable of. He's being utilized as um, a defensive weapon that he is, not just a typical safety. And um, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? We we love Batman. I mean, Derwin James, and uh, I'm hoping he's back for me because all of my Derwin James teams are in the playoffs and a large part due to him. So uh, we need him healthy so that he can uh, keep uh, keep that going. You said all your Derwin James teams in the playoff. I think you just mean all your playoff teams need yeah, it's, Derwin it's James back. Yeah, So, <laughs> and I'm going to play detective here to, because I have a feeling with the extended dark right Dark Knight Rises analogy that maybe this is one of the books slash DVDs that Luke pulled off the shelf and you're like, no, 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 son, that's it. That's called a DVD. And you're like, huh, (laughs) Dark Knight Rises. Haven't watched this in a minute. You popped it in maybe over the weekend after the wife was asleep and the kid was in bed and you're like, damn, this is better than I remember. Am I on to something here? It's pretty close actually, because yeah, I hadn't watched it in a while. Um, But yeah, my son is uh, obsessed with like superhero stuff like I am. So um, one of the things that he likes now is he likes to just watch like the superheroes fighting uh, scenes from movies. So like just like the clips from YouTube, right? So um, Batman is one of his favorites. So getting him, uh, you know, the scene where Batman is fighting Bane, that's a big one for him. He loves the Avengers stuff as well. But um, yeah, that that is definitely what put me on this path and, and got me to thinking that <laughs> that uh, um, Derwin James is our uh, Dark Knight Returns, um, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I love that. I need to go back and watch that one because I remember coming off the high of the Dark Knight. It was a tad bit yeah. disappointing, but probably one of those. It's a little better on a rewatch than what you remember. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it still holds up. It's it's decent. It's obviously it's not the Dark Knight. It's not Batman Begins. I really like Batman Begins as well, but um, it's it's a little long. It's a there's not a ton of Batman in it, um, which is always a bummer for a Batman movie. Um, but it's 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 decent. Bane is uh, is really good, and yeah, Christopher Nolan always does an awesome job. So yeah, and by comparison, like some of the other superhero oh, movies God. we've got, like we just need to appreciate the fact that even if this wasn't like. Flamin' Yon, it was still like a New York strip compared to a lot of the superhero movies that we've gotten since The Dark Knight Rises. And uh, yeah, I think I've come to the conclusion that just about every movie could be probably like 20% shorter. Uh, that's not a that's not a fault of just the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. That's most movies in general. I will say, though, you're going to see No Way Home. Uh, I guess it would be tomorrow by the time most people hear this episode you're going on thursday right you got your tickets i'm going on friday friday okay Um, so yeah yeah nice i've got my tickets for saturday very much looking forward to it you're you're closing into the finish line of no spoilers (sighs) 
it's so close it's it's stressful now because i know that it they just premiered it um at hollywood uh they just premiered it this week so there's and the reviews are out and things like that so i'm sure there's going to be a ton of spoilers floating around so i've i've done my best to stay off the internet and and especially this week i've i've been um sticking to nothing but uh, my notes and stuff like that that isn't twitter or uh, social media because it, i i would break if uh, if i got a spoiler at this point so you're like i've stuck but <laughs> nothing but my reporter's notebook and my am radio uh, for all of <laughs> exactly. my content consumption yeah it's now is is luke into spider-man at all oh yeah yeah he loves spider-man yeah, I was going to say, we're trying to get Pax to get off Muppet Babies and do a little bit of Spidey and his amazing friends. And yeah. uh, I think he likes it. We were, He was sitting in the recliner with me. We were watching it, and he was like, Spider-Man. You know, he loves, like, point out and tell me what things are. Uh, <laughs> but it is cool when your kids start to get into the things that you're into. Um, you know, Pax has just started to discover that he can stick his hand in his diaper when he takes a shit. So right. obviously got that from dear old dad. So you love to see that <laughs> tradition continuing, but, um, yeah, man, it, it is cool in all seriousness when, um, you can share that stuff with your kiddos. Yeah, for sure. It warms the heart. And I, I think it's pretty easy for him. Like if, yeah, if you could see my, the whole scope of my office here, it's, it's covered in, uh, comic book related everything so he he comes down here and he's just like looking around and obsessed with it all so it was easy for him to 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 get attracted to it and uh and and get hooked so but yeah spider-man's a big one for sure he loves spider-man i love that well we're, we'll uh, have to sync back up and next time we're on a pod maybe share our thoughts on no way home and i i did hit you with some spoilers that i got off like the dark web <laughs> in our <laughs> private dm today and i think you're still thinking about one in particular that we won't oh, say yeah. on air here so we don't get canceled uh going into christmas but needless to say that uh that dm is a bit of a wild place from time to time yeah yeah it's it's uh, some uh, the occasional disturbing thought but uh, i think that's most people's DMs, yeah, or at least i like to think so the occasional disturbing thought john is way underselling this it is truly nothing but unhinged uh johnny's like dank meme collection and like mike getting mad at every like cleveland sports radio host and uh it's just the best man i i thoroughly enjoy that thread but Speaking of Mike, let's wrap up here with his and Tripp's pick for IDP MVP. And they went with the same defensive end from the San Francisco 49ers, Nick Bosa. So we're going to start out with Mike. And he also lays out a few other candidates that could have been selected for MVP. But he explains why he ultimately went with Nick Bosa. So take it away, Mr. Waller. Boy, your IDP MVP is a is a tough one. There's just so many you could choose from. I mean, I'm sure Miles Garrett is definitely going to get some strong nominations. I mean, just look at what he did on Sunday. I mean, he had a 16 point play, um, a sack, strip sack, forced fumble, fumble recovery, touchdown. He's just been a beast all season. Um, so I'm sure there's going to probably be a lot of Miles Garrett, and rightfully so. Um, and but I think for fantasy IDP MVP, I think you can make a case for Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is returning from torn knee last season, and in in some instances has a few more points than than Miles Garrett, and is the DL one, 14 sacks. So he's one behind Garrett. 
and is currently on a five uh, a five game streak of recording a sack. He's got 42 tackles. He's got 18 tackles for a loss. But I, I think I almost give the nod to to Nick Bosa as the as the MVP. I think your Mister Reliable is. I mean, you have Bobby Wagner at the top. Um, I think, in, and also in most scoring systems, you might have Bobby Wagner as the overall IDP number one. I mean, you talk about Mister Consistent. His his running mate Jordan Brooks, I think, is a top ten overall IDP as well. I mean, Jordan Brooks, I know in a lot of scoring is the IDP seven, and he's come on strong. So, I think with the IDP MVP, I think I'm going to give the nod to Nick Bosa as a as a slight, uh, just over over a Miles Garrett. Both are you drafted them, and that is just one less position you needed to worry about. You just Set it. You have them. Either one of them. That's a you know a DL spot is already locked up, and you you don't have to worry about it. It's really one A one B. Uh, but I think I might give uh, a very very slight edge to to Bosa. But I also think. But yeah, I think Bobby Wagner's up there, and I think and I think your your sleeper MVPs are are Devondra Campbell and Denzel Perriman. I mean those guys. You probably got off the waiver wire and they're carrying your team as well because, you know, you might have gotten guys like Demario Davis early. You know, he's OK, but maybe not, you know, definitely not the production that you were thinking you might get. But but yeah, I think, like I said, my my IDP MVP, I think you've got uh, my top three are probably going to be Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett and uh, and Bobby Wagner. All right, so there you go. Mike was debating a little bit there, John, between Miles Garrett. We're kind of surprised he didn't go with Garrett being a fellow Browns fan. He also mentioned Bobby Wagner, who I'm surprised to see did not end up on this list, but ultimately <laughs> went with Nick Bosa. So before we discuss, let's also hear from Tripp about why he ultimately picked Nick Bosa. Take it away, Tripp. Tis the season to be joyful and celebrate. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure to get to know you on the IDP show this year. Uh, thank you for the invitation to share my MVP. I've thought about this a good deal. I started with Derwin James, but then um, again, you all know me. I can't put the words valuable and safety in the same sentence. I thought, too, about T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett, and they've certainly been worth the draft capital that's been invested in them. Then there are guys like Devondre Campbell, who was a late pick, who has returned great value, and can't ignore that but where I'm turning is defensive end and scarcity continues to hurt in conventional position IDP leagues so I point to Nick Bosa as my MVP Bosa popped an ACL last year uh, was considered a bit of a risk coming in and might have depressed his draft capital just a bit in redraft and he's done nothing but dominate he's right on the heels of Miles Garrett for sacks and has been a steady presence. He's also leading the league in double teams, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, and has produced despite that. Uh, it's gotten to the point in my conventional position IDP leagues where I can't even trade for a defensive end without giving one in return, almost like they're super flex. So that said, I'm glad that the IDP landscape is turning towards true position. Uh, NFL and others will uh, designate edges next year, uh, three, four outside linebackers will be grouped together with defensive ends. But for the time being, let's give a nod to uh, the defensive end position and Nick Bosa for an amazing season. Thanks and happy holidays to you. 
All right, so there you go. I, I loved Trip wrapping his analysis in like some very warm and fuzzy holiday greetings. I just kind of <laughs> felt like Santa Claus, you know, was like speaking to me from my childhood there, John. I very <laughs> much enjoyed that. And I also enjoyed Trip taking a, a, a an angle on this that like Evans was very on point with like a very game theory centric kind of analysis. Trip, one of his big things is true position designations, right? And so we see that show up here in his analysis. He's saying, look, in these tra- you know traditional designation leagues for IDP positions, defensive end is very scarce because a lot of these edge guys get classified as linebackers. So he's right. I don't think you can go after a Nick Bosa unless you're sending back another elite defensive end because they're so scarce. Those guys that you can set it and forget it, the list is very, very short. And so with everything that he's done, I think it's very clearly Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa at the top of defensive end mountain. Were you surprised at all to see either of these guys go with Bosa over a Garrett or somebody else, John? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think, yeah, just knowing Mike um, and being the Browns fan that he is obviously was, was a surprise for him to not go miles scared, but yeah, he was in between there and, and, and I understand the reasons why. So, um, but yeah, I think Nick Bosa makes, makes a, a, a decent amount of sense because again, that defensive end position, you know, if you're going to spend a high pick on these guys, which we we're, we talk about all the time in drafts, you want to take these players at the defensive line position that are really really good at their job, because they're more trustworthy and they're more consistent than trying to find somebody later on in drafts like a, you know that that isn't nearly as talented, may not have the the locked in role that that some of these guys, the Nick Bosa's, the Miles Garretts, T.J. Watts have. Um, and when they can pay back that value that you spent on them in drafts, it just makes it all, all the more worthwhile. So, um, yeah, Nick Bosa, he's been incredible. He's Luckily, he's been healthy this season. Um, I, I know he's had, I think, just three games without a sack of, of his 13 games this season. But then he's had four games with two sacks making up for it. So um, he's he's been incredible. I love Nick Bosa um, as, a, as an IDP. So, yeah. Um, yeah, can't argue that. I mean, these are these are all great choices. Yeah, I agree. I think he was one that I, I thought would come up along with like Parsons and Garrett and mm-hmm. Kendricks, I thought would get some love as well. So not a surprise to see those guys who uh, put a lot of thought into that pick and ultimately arrived at Nick Bosa. And I think with Mike, it was a little bit like, well, let me zag while everyone's right. expecting <laughs> me to zig. Like everyone thinks I'm going to go with Garrett and I wouldn't be wrong to do that. But let me pick somebody a little bit different. So Love those selections here, John. We've heard from everyone, and so I will take us home with my pick. And this is someone that only got mentioned in passing during Johnny's segment, and it is the defensive tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. My choice for IDP MVP is Mr. Cameron Hayward. So, John, let me walk you through my argument here and see what you think about including Hayward in this discussion, all right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, we like to talk on this pod, as you know, John, about players who've achieved the pinnacle of athletic performance, grown-ass man strength. On this, on this Mount Rushmore, honestly, you could very easily just put four busts of Cam Hayward, your defensive tackle one on the season. That's right, higher than Aaron Donald. Hayward is 32 years old, 
John, I don't know about you, but it always stuns me when old-ass NFL players are younger than me, but then I remember that my knees and shoulders crack whenever I stand up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. This is uh, we're, we're the same year. You mentioned 87 earlier. So, um, yeah, when you see 32 years old, but you always think of Cameron Hayward as old and, and then uh, realizing he was actually uh, born a couple years after you, it's a little bit depressing for sure. Yeah, I'm like, Cameron Hayward, he just looks like a person who could be my dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually older than he is. So that oh, yeah. is probably the closest I've ever felt the icy grip of death around my neck uh, examining his age. But I bring that up because at 32 years old, Cam Hayward is only 26 points behind his second most productive season ever for fantasy, which was 2017, and just 49 points behind his best season ever, which was 2019. So Assuming he plays the rest of the way, he's played every game up to now, and just scores around his season average of 15.8 points per game, he should pass both of those marks before you factor in the 17th game this season. Cam Hayward has been that good. Now, we talk about cornerback being a shallow position, and it is. But don't overlook the fact that D-tackle is also extremely shallow. For context, from our main league, the XFFL, the D-tackle three on the season, Jeffrey Simmons, has scored as many points as Kaiser White. Cam Hayward, on the other hand, is the IDP eight overall on the season. John, I'd call that pretty valuable. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy that like you said 32 years old but not just you know putting up these these amazing numbers but there wasn't probably a single person that wasn't drafting Aaron Donald as the DT1 coming into the season it doesn't matter um you know what the scoring is for your league if you're playing in defensive tackle required leagues or even defensive line Aaron Donald is always going ahead of Cameron Hayward but for him to even be performing arguably one of the greatest defensive players of all time, if not the greatest, um, is is very, very impressive. And yeah, he does everything, right? He puts up the tackle numbers. He's able to get sacks. He is he has that grown-ass man strength, like you said. And and there is a big gap he's, that he's created between him and uh, and the next closest uh, defensive tackle, for sure. Or that's, at least him and, him and Donald. That's right. And it's interesting, the, the strength part, we joke about that. I was listening to Mitchell Schwartz, the former Browns and Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman on the athletic football show. And he said something I hadn't thought about before, which is the reason that linemen age so well is because you don't lose strength. You lose your speed, you lose your agility as you get older, but you don't lose your strength. And so that's why I think we're able to see defensive tackles at his advanced age, quote unquote, for NFL players still dominating because he hasn't gotten any smaller, and he hasn't gotten any weaker. So the things that made Cam Hayward great still allow him to be great at 32 years young, John. Yeah, it's that's a good point, because especially playing on the interior as well, he doesn't necessarily need that that speed to kind of bend the edge either. So he can just kind of bull rush his way forward and collapse the pocket. Um, and, and that makes a big difference to be able to play, I guess, at that, that age. So that's, yeah, that's a nice point. I like that. Well, there you have it, folks, our MVP choices for 2021. It's always a good time to reflect on, John, the type of rosters that get you to the playoffs 
don't look like the rosters that we had after our drafts. They are a little <laughs> bit of the guys that we're banking on for production mixed with a lot of guys that we plucked off of waivers to fill the holes that inevitably pop up during the season. Oh yeah. The the season, like we've mentioned a few times already, it's a grind, right? And that, that includes for fantasy as well. The season, you don't just draft and then your season work is done unless it's best ball. But, um, you're, you're constantly doing that work in season to upkeep your, your roster and, and adjust for injuries and, and all those kinds of things, making trades and, and, and everything that goes into it. So, um, yeah, we always, we have these ever evolving rosters and, uh, <laughs> it is, it's, they, they're, every team looks different by the end of the season, every team that at least is, is trying and, and looking to contend. So, um, yeah, these are all, I love these picks. These are great, great examples of that. So thank you to all of our experts that weighed in. We seriously appreciate y'all helping us out. We're going to try to make this a yearly tradition where we have our friends from across the IDP landscape weigh in and the fantasy footballers do something different. They do it at the beginning of the season. That's a little more stressful to have to prognosticate. I like this as kind of an end of the year kind of tip of the cap to these guys like job well done, fellas. Thank you for getting me to the playoffs. And so, Speaking of which, best of luck to everyone who is finds themselves in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, I hope that all of your championship dreams come true. And like I said, if you're in an IDP league, which most of you listening are, be sure to tune in. Uh, we'll be dropping that episode late Friday night, early Saturday morning. Evan and Bobby are going to break down week 15 and get you right before those games begin. Remember, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday this week, watch out for COVID, players hitting that list, watch out for injuries, late scratches. This is crunch time, John. This is when we really want to plug in and buckle down and go win a damn ring. Absolutely. Yeah. Now is no time to be falling asleep at the wheel, especially if you've made it into the playoffs and especially with all the craziness going on, um, these external factors like COVID that can affect our rosters. So uh, stay vigilant. Keep uh, keep adding players to your roster through the waiver wire and making those adjustments. And, and hopefully it, we can make it another few weeks and, and yeah, win that championship. That's right. Well, John, thank you again for jumping in here in place of Bobby and Adam and uh, chopping it up with me tonight, talking MVP picks and uh, whatnot. So before we sign off, give the fine folks a little bit of a look at what you have coming up here. Any more? I'm, ass I'm assuming the content train is still rolling for you. So what do you have coming up here that the uh, fine folks can look forward to? Yeah, so I'm still uh, pumping out uh, two articles a week for pff.com waiver wire and uh, start sit the start sit one is basically um, what we're trying to do is look more at uh, specific usages for for key players things that have changed and um, could be interesting for idp and then in the off season we will be looking to do some more dynasty idp content uh, as well um, i think we got one more episode of the big nickel idp podcast for this season and then we go on a break and we're back for season 
two. Season two, you have been renewed. We talked to the studio yeah. execs. <laughs> we had to make certain promises. I think there has to be like maybe some shirtless uh, scenes or episodes coming up. So, uh, look, the, the audience wants what the audience wants, and the audience wants the big nipples, John. That's what they're after. Ever since that slip of the tongue, the audience can't get enough of the nips. So, I love what you guys have been doing in season. It's been a lot of fun, so make sure you tune in for the uh, conclusion of season one and a half of the Big Nickel IDP podcast, and then stay tuned for season two. Shout out to our patrons and our Listener League participants. The Hunger Games are heating up, John, and we are going to be touching base with our leagues here. Once we wrap up, that'll be week 18. We will decide once and for all who is the victor from the inaugural IDP Hunger Games. John's pointing to himself right now. We'll see if that comes to fruition or not. You'll have to stay tuned. But thank you all for listening. And since I've got John on the pod, I'm going to end it with IDP out. IDP show, IDP show, IDP show. 